Welcome into another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at WISports.net and your host for the WSN podcast. We have turned the corner from fall sports to winter sports. All fall sports are wrapped up now with the state high school football championships crowned, champions crowned last week, and it is on to winter sports. Boys basketball got underway this week. Girls basketball has been underway. Uh, this is now their second week. Hockey is underway. Um, I can't remember if every single winter sport is uh, is playing games or contests now, but uh, if not, very, very close. So we are, uh, again, wrapped up with the fall, moving on to the, the winter. However, today on the WSN podcast, we're going to take one last look back at the high school football season and especially the state championships games held last week at Camp Randall Stadium. And we will be doing a larger preview of boys basketball and girls basketball on the podcast next week. We will have a, uh, a, a podcast special previewing the boys basketball season with Mark Miller. And we will also have next week a podcast preview previewing the girls basketball season with Norbert Durst. So uh, big time basketball podcast previews coming next week. We'll talk about some of the big stories that we'll uh, that we will be following that that everyone will be following uh, throughout the uh, throughout the boys and girls basketball seasons. We'll talk about some of the big teams to watch, some of the uh, players to keep an eye on, and just get you ready to go for high school basketball. And if you are not already, um, as you have seen on Wisports.net, we've got all kinds of basketball preview information out on WSN, and you can uh, you can check it out there. Norb's, uh, I think, got wrapped up or pretty close to wrapped up the conference previews. Um, team uh, preseason team rankings were out. Uh, there'll be some updated player rankings coming out as well for uh, for girls basketball. And if you were one of the uh, the people that got on the ball and pre-ordered Mark Miller's Wisconsin Basketball Yearbook then you have received that publication, have thumbed through the uh, all of the previews and all the great content that Mark does to get ready for the season. Our, uh, our podcast is brought to you by Wisconsin Department of Transportation. Help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. And a big thank you to the Wisconsin Department of Transportation for also sponsoring our football playoff coverage on wisports.net. They will also sponsor our boys and girls basketball playoff coverage as well. So you can uh, you can check all that out. Um, again, you can you can go back and look at some of our preview information and in, in our uh, our playoff stuff that we had. Um, overall, just to to put a little bit of a bow on. Uh, on the weekly picks that I do each week um, for each division, I went 184 and 48 overall on weekly picks after going five and two in the state championship games. I had incorrect division three where I took Rice Lake instead of Pewaukee, and then I had incorrect division seven where I had taken Coleman instead of Reedsville. The best division uh, by far was D4. I was 29-2 and two overall, 
and had the state championship game uh, correct uh, with Catholic Memorial over Ellsworth. My worst division was D7, where I was 20 and 11 overall, 64.5% prediction rate. Again, 79.3% overall, a little bit above 2019. I'll take it. Um, I think I only had four of the state championship uh, teams, state championship winners, correct. But in every one of those, I had the state championship game exactly right. In, in D1, I had Franklin over Sun Prairie. D2, I had Wanakee over Homestead. D4, I had CMH over Ellsworth. In D6, I had Colby over St. Mary Springs. All in all, an okay showing. But let's talk about the games from last week. And uh, we'll start. Let's let's start with the, the first game of the week, the first game of uh, the state championships. That was Reedsville and Coleman. Coleman had come in riding a really a high amount of momentum. They had beaten Pacelli. They had beaten Hurley. They had beaten Regis in the state semifinal game. And that's three teams in a row that had been undefeated that they had, had beaten. But the state championship game, Coleman just could not get going. Reedsville jumped out to an early lead. Um, Reedsville took advantage of some uh, some some issues that Coleman was having. Um, had a fumble. Coleman did. Uh, it was it was not pretty in the first half, uh, including a blocked punt as well. Actually, on the first drive of the game for Coleman, they had a, a blocked punt. In a play later, Reedsville had gotten a score. Weston Liebzeit went in for a touchdown. And Coleman just was never quite able to get going. They had a couple drives that, that did some nice things, but could not find the end zone. And Reedsville would tack on a field goal late to make it a three-score game, and it did not matter as Reedsville shut out Coleman 17 to nothing. Very impressive win for Reedsville, obviously, and uh, certainly an impressive performance by Brendan, excuse me, Brennan uh, Dracic who had 128 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Um, they did not attempt to pass. Reedsville did not. Weston Liebzeit also had 73 rushing yards. Cole Ebert, their 270-pound bruising fullback, had 55 yards. All three of those guys made big contributions on the defensive side of the ball as Reedsville pitched a shutout in that state championship game. D6, Brent Jeske was the standout there. Three first-half touchdowns. Two of them were rushing touchdowns, and then he also had a 63-yard fumble return for a touchdown as uh, Colby went up early and held on for a 22-7 win over St. Mary Springs. It had seemed, after some early-season struggles, that St. Mary Springs was going to do one of those St. Mary Springs things, and you know, have trouble early in the season, come back and play its best football at the end of the year. They were playing very well late, but could not get going against Colby. And uh, St. Mary Springs settles for a silver ball as state runner-up. Colby takes home a state championship. The Jeske triplets had a, a big hand in it. Brent, uh, we, we talked about three first-half touchdowns. He was also a standout on defense. Andrew Jeske uh, recorded a safety in the fourth quarter to help put things away and Derek Jeske was a, uh, a standout offensive lineman joining Andrew as a standout offensive lineman up front. Uh, Brent Jeske ran for 130 yards, 25 
carries, two touchdowns, had 40 passing yards, five tackles, and that fumble return touchdown that we had mentioned. Um, so that ends St. Mary Springs' run of championships. They had won three straight from 2017 to 2019, but it wasn't to be this year as Colby took home the Division Six state championship. Division Five was uh, the most exciting game of the weekend. We had really good games. We did not have any real blowouts. Even that Reedsville-Coleman game that was uh, a shutout, I mean, it was competitive. Coleman had its chances. They had a, a long drive late in the game and couldn't get it done. But only one one-score game, and that was Division Five Aquinas and Mayville. It looked like, for a minute, that Aquinas was going to run away with things. They went up 16 to nothing early in the second quarter. Um, took advantage of some turnovers by Mayville. And uh, again, it, it looked like Aquinas might start to run away with things. But to its credit, Mayville came back and, and made a game of it. Blake Schroffnagel had a huge game running the football. Um, had over 200 yards and a loss, uh, 38 attempts. He looked very good, and Mayville got back into it, and not only got back into it, but actually took a lead in the third quarter. It was short-lived. The next possession, Aquinas went back ahead, 22-20. to Aquinas uh, had uh, went for two on every one of their touchdowns, and in fact, when they scored a little bit later, um, and this was, uh, uh, yeah, this was uh, when Aquinas had gone back in front, um, I think it was 20, 28-20 at the time. Um, they scored to go up 28-20, went for two, didn't get it. If they would have got it or if they would have kicked the extra point, it would have been a two-score game. But they could not convert, and Mayville had one last chance. They came down and scored with uh, just under two minutes remaining in the game to pull within two points. But a huge play in the game, play of the game, perhaps the play of the state championships, Schroffnagel ran right on the conversion attempt, but Ethan Schamberger met him short of the goal line, stood him up. Calvin Hargrove and a couple other guys came in and cleaned things up and denied the two-point conversion attempt by Mayville, and Aquinas hung on. Jackson Flotmeyer had a big game. All-state quarterback threw for 282 yards and two touchdowns. So Aquinas held on 28-26 in the Division V state championship game as they take home their first state title since 2007. And it was quite a uh, turnaround for Aquinas, who just a couple years ago did not win a game. Uh, they showed steady improvement. Last year, we're, we're a really good team. We thought they were going to be really good coming into the season with Flotmeyer coming back, Quinn Miskowski an outstanding receiver as well who had a big touchdown. And uh, sure enough, they went undefeated and claim a state title in Division 5, 28-26 over Mayville. The Division 4 contest was the last one on Thursday, Thursday night. One that, you know, I think there was anticipation around and there was, uh, you know, I, I think everyone non-connected to Ellsworth, thought that Catholic Memorial would win. Um, I think a lot of people were hoping for a good game, at least. The last time we saw CMH at State in uh, 2019, they went up 35 to nothing on uh, Keel at halftime and cruised home to a running clock victory in that one. And uh, re regardless of 
what you think about public privates or, you know, what divisions Catholic Memorial should be in. Um, very impressive team. And it looked like it was going to be quite a blowout. Catholic Memorial went up 14-0 before Ellsworth even took a snap on offense. Catholic Memorial got the ball first, went down and scored. Onside kick, got the ball, went down and scored. And in fact, uh, CMH would go up 21-0 at the end of the first quarter. And you're thinking, well, here we go. It's going to be a blowout. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of, even more than there would be otherwise, you know, arguments and, and discussions or whatever about... Um, you know, public-private, and, and all the other stuff around around it, right? However, Ellsworth, to their credit, you know, got things turned around. They scored twice in the second quarter. Now, unfortunately, they did not convert the conversions in either one and stayed behind at two scores. So it was 21-12 at halftime. If Ellsworth gets even one of those conversions. It's a one-score game, but it stayed a two-score game, and that was important. That was significant because Ellsworth's defense, you know, got got it going, and they uh, they they clamped down on Catholic Memorial in the second half, and, and after that first quarter, in fact. In the first quarter, CMH had 197 yards of offense, and after that, not, uh, not nearly as explosive, and I, I think they, they only ended the game with... Uh, you know, 300 or no, it was a little more than 300, but either way, it it was not the same after that first quarter. But again, Ellsworth stayed down two touchdowns, excuse me, two scores. And that was, uh, that was important. The, uh, the, the Panthers took over with, uh, 48 seconds left in the third quarter down by two scores, a lengthy drive lasted over eight minutes, 16 plays, but did not even get inside the red zone as they turned it over on downs on the uh, Catholic Memorial 21-yard line. And they just it just took all the energy out of them when they did not score on that one. And uh, the, the next time they had the ball, they'd throw an interception. Catholic Memorial was able to, to run out the clock. Um, probably could have punched in another score if they wanted to, but it ended up 21-12 to in favor of Catholic Memorial. Rory Fox had a big game, uh, certainly running the ball and throwing the football. Uh, Corey Smith, uh, the dynamic sophomore running back from from Catholic Memorial, 81 yards and a touchdown. But honestly, the the best player on the field might have been Ashton Quaddy from Ellsworth. Uh, Amongst all that talent from Catholic Memorial, amongst all state players uh, on Ellsworth, including Max Grand, another running back, including... uh, um, Jack Yonke, the the quarterback and uh, defensive back, um, Ashton Quaddy might have been the best player on the field. He, he had 14 carries for 94 yards and a touchdown. He had three catches for 40 yards, including a really impressive uh, catch up in traffic. And his uh, his talent, his speed, his athletic ability, his his uh, uh, overall ability was on full display. But it wasn't enough as Catholic Memorial got the 21 to 12 victory. So those were the games on Thursday. A reminder to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. So that was it for Thursday. 
Friday, interesting game right away in the morning in Division Three, where, uh, as we talked about several times, Division Three was really the upset division. It was really the one that was hardest to uh, to peg, to pick, to identify um, all the other things, and the uh, the championship game ended up being Rice Lake in Pewaukee. Unfortunately for Rice Lake, they had lost their leading rusher, um, Lindo, uh, earlier in the playoffs just a couple weeks ago. And unfortunately, in the state championship game, injury bug bit again as two-way All-State senior Alex Belongia left uh, in the uh, in the second quarter, I think it was, or early on, he, he had an injury and tried to give it a go a few different times and just couldn't, couldn't make it work. And... He was a big part of their defense and a big part of their offense, and that that kind of hampered them. When you're, when you're down, your leading rusher, your leading receiver, your leading tackler, just too much for uh, Rice Lake to overcome. As Pewaukee would win 15 to six, Pewaukee went up early, eight uh, nothing. Second quarter, Rice Lake came back and got a touchdown. A story of the championships: conversions and extra points were huge. Rice Lake did not convert their two-point conversion, so remained down 8-6. to six. And again, that would uh, come back to be an issue later on as they were always playing catch-up and never quite, good, never quite could catch up. Pewaukee added a touchdown uh, in the fourth quarter to kind of put things away, would win 15-6. to six. Carson Hansen had a really nice game. Speaking of injuries, uh, he was, uh, I believe, the third quarterback for um for Pewaukee uh really this year um in fact war number 34 on the preseason roster he was listed as a tight end and linebacker but did end up playing quarterback most of the season and his his uh athletic ability was enough had almost 100 yards rushing two touchdowns did throw it a little bit threw for 69 yards as well as uh Pewaukee claimed its first ever state championship in its first ever State title game in Division Three, fifteen to six, over Rice Lake. Division Two, a couple heavyweights went at it: Wanakee and Homestead. You know those kinds of programs. You would think it'd be a pretty well played, crisp, physical football game. It wasn't the case though. Six turnovers combined in the first half, including four by Wanakee. Four turnovers in the first half by Wanakee. But they still won, or st- they still led, excuse me, at halftime, twenty to seven, and they would put it away in a 33-21 victory. As uh, despite losing the total yards, despite losing the turnover battle, despite losing um, time of possession, Wanakee would pull out the two-score victory. Uh, big play in that one, certainly in uh, in the late in the first half. Ben Farnsworth, who had actually muffed a punt earlier that was one of those first-half turnovers, he returned a kickoff 97 yards, new state finals record for a touchdown, and that was a big one um, as they actually added another touchdown shortly before halftime to go up 20-7 to and again was able to hold on. Homestead got a, a big um, game running the football uh, for... Joel Ullman, who had 124 yards in a touchdown. Quarterback Sal Balestrieri had 94 yards and two touchdowns. Also threw the ball pretty well, 111 passing yards. But again, some some turnovers for Homestead were costly. And Wanakee, with uh, that that 
interception return touchdown and converting a little bit more on some of those opportunities, got a big win. Andrew Keller had a nice game at uh, at tight end. Quinton Keene kind of rebounded from some early struggles and got uh, got things going a little bit. So Wanakee gets the win, a little bit of redemption from 2019 when a failed extra point attempt, ball slid off the tee in the D2 state title game against Brookfield East, cost them a possible shot. So Pat Rice gets his seventh state title. Division one was the marquee game that I think most people unconnected to any of the other teams were, were really pointing towards Franklin undefeated, Sun Prairie undefeated, really talented Franklin team that you know felt like they missed out last year. They only got five games in, but won them all. Felt like they would have been a, a contender or maybe a favorite to win a state championship in 2020, but COVID and the cancellations uh, didn't didn't work. So uh, Franklin had some unfinished business, and Sun Prairie had the uh, you know that that idea that this might be their their last chance for a little bit. Is they're going to be splitting into two different high schools next year? Still not sure how that's all going to work in terms of which athletes are going to go where, which coaches are going to go where. Um, we'll get some more information as that, uh, as that comes a little bit closer for next year. But a uh, really talented team as well. And Franklin, just just too much for Sun Prairie. Miles um, Burkett did have a couple of turnovers. He had a tipped pass on a screen that uh, got intercepted, and he made a bad decision kind of throwing the ball up uh, for grabs on a, after taking some pressure as well. But... He was, uh, he was pretty good overall and uh, ended up being our state finals MVP. He threw for 276 yards, three touchdowns. Oh, excuse me. Keaton Arndt, Reese Osgood, uh, outstanding at the receiver spot for Franklin. They combined for 13 catches, 265 yards, three scores. And Franklin's defense played pretty well, uh, created some turnover opportunities, and Franklin pulled away and, and at the end uh, put the game away as Burkett uh, threw a touchdown late in the uh, fourth quarter to put a cap on things. 38-17, Franklin got the win. And again, Miles Burkett was our state finals MVP. Brent Jeske was also in consideration. Brennan Duracic, uh, Jackson Flotmeyer um, all had big games as well. But we went with, uh, with Miles Burkett as the state finals MVP. We also put together an all-finals team that you can check out at wisports.net. Um, along with that, we also looked at each conference and how they performed in the postseason with two state champions. Not surprisingly, the Parkland had the most overall playoff wins and had the most, uh, had the highest conference winning percentage of any conference in the state. Catholic Memorial and Pewaukee both won titles out of that league. So they had 13 overall victories by Parkland conference teams, a conference winning percentage in the playoffs of uh, 813. The Merrillwood was next as far as winning percentage at 750. The North Shore had 11 playoff victories. That was second. The Flyway also had 10 postseason victories. So you can see that full list of how every conference in the state did. It's always kind of interesting, and I think it does give you a, uh, a pretty good idea of the, the best, most competitive conferences in the state. Certainly if you have one team that comes out of there it can it can skew things a little bit. The Cooley Conference, for instance, um, had five playoff wins. 
all five of them were by Aquinas. The other three teams that made the playoffs all lost in level one. So that throws off that percentage a little bit. But, uh, you know, conferences like the North Shore, like the Flyway, Merrowood, Parkland, um, the Northeastern, the Swall did very well as well. I mean, it's not a, uh, it's not a, you know, a coincidence that they had the most conference victories in the postseason. So that kind of does it for uh, high school football, at least in terms of games and the regular season and in the playoffs. There will continue to be some high school football news throughout the offseason, whether it's coaching changes, which we've already had a few that have, have come out, whether it's uh, recruiting news, we will have updated player rankings that will be coming out as well. So there will continue to be some high school football news, but we will be transitioning quite a bit into basketball season, as you can imagine. Mark Miller, Norbert Durst will take center stage uh, with all the updates going on in hoops. One thing, excuse me, to mention and point out, a big opening night for GET's Cody Schmitz last night as he uh, went for 61 points right uh, right out of the gate. Um, I don't recall a, a performance like that in a first game type of situation, but uh, he had a big night. He's just a sophomore, very talented kid, obviously, six foot four. Went 20 of 24 at the free throw line, had seven three-pointers as GET beat Sparta 82-67. So a big performance right off the bat for him. Again, high school basketball season is here. Hoop season. Make sure you check it out at wisports.net. And we do also want to remind you to help save lives on Wisconsin roads and eliminate crashes. Join the Wisconsin Department of Transportation's new campaign, Buckle Up, Phone Down. Commit to always buckle your seatbelt and put your phone down while driving every trip, every time. Take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. That'll do it for this week's edition of the wisports.net podcast. Again, next week, we will have two special editions of the podcast. We will have a boys basketball preview season preview with mark miller we'll also have a girls basketball season preview with norbert durst so make sure to check those out hit that subscribe button so that you get notified each and every week when a new wsn podcast comes out that'll do it though i am travis wilson general manager at wisports.net this has been a wisports.net podcast we'll see you at a game <laughs>